There is a, there is a little place in, in Vallejo, California. It's one of my favorite little hole-in-the-wall restaurants. I don't know about you, but I love those little hole-in-the-wall restaurants, don't you? Just, just the little ones. And, and they've named it the joy of eating. It's just a small place. It's in a, in a not-so-good part of town. And if you're, looking, if you're not looking for it, you will miss it. In fact, the only way I can remember is there's an old, old um, milk depot, you know, where they have, you know, where you could drive in and get your milk and drive out, and it has a giant cow that's been graffitied. And I know that when I see the graffitied cow, the joy of eating is right next door. And here's what I like about it. They, they serve your breakfast the way you really like breakfast. I like, I'm a traditionalist. I like eggs and bacon and bacon and bacon. And they'll serve your eggs any way you want. And they have this amazing thick bacon that's just to die for. It's just awesome. And then they don't serve hash browns, but they make homemade potatoes with chives and onion and bell pepper. Oh, can you feel God in that? So they make all that, but all of that's good, and all of it's great. But the one thing I go for, it's not for the eggs or the bacon or, or the potatoes. I love all of those. And they have, you know, like, like 14 different kinds of uh, like hot sauce you can put on it, Cholula and all, all those. It's great. But what they're really known for is their homemade bread. Because they will give you, they make Texas toast look like a crumb. This bread is so good, and it's so tasty. And when you're just a block away, you can smell the bread just wafting in the air, and you can almost just be guided by the smell to the place. And and it's just absolutely incredible. That's why they call it the joy of eating. I have never gone and thought, you know, I didn't enjoy that place. I love it. I love it. it it's, it's one of those places that I, that I love. And, you know, and I'll be honest, there, there's, I want to talk to you today about the joy of giving. I have been here a year and nine months. Can you believe that? Time flies when you're having fun. And I have never spoke on this topic. I have never spoke on the topic of giving in a year and nine months. And so I apologize to you. For, for that. There's so many things to talk about in the scripture. And there's so many positive and good things. But I do know that, that giving is one of those things in our lives that, that is a requirement to be like Jesus. That we have to learn to give. That we have to, the Bible says that Jesus loves cheerful givers. Uh, it's been said that you can't outgive God. It's also been said you can't outstingy him either. God loves cheerful givers. Here's in, in Philippians 2, Paul talking about Jesus. And he said that, that Jesus, he said, let this same mind, this same attitude, this same philosophy be in you. Not just in your, in your mind, not a, a cerebral ascension, but be part of you. Be passionate. That Jesus, being in the form of God, didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. 
and took upon him the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why did Jesus do that? Because he was giving to us. If Christ wouldn't have come, you would not be able to sit here today and hear about the glory of the Lord and about the salvation that has come to man. It's because he gave. The writer of Hebrews said, For the joy set before him, speaking of Christ, he endured the cross and despised the shame. The joy set before him. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I knew that I was going to be crucified, I wouldn't be saying, Woohoo! I'm going to be crucified. That's not the kind of joy he was talking about. He knew that he was going to endure some things, but on the other end of it, the joy of knowing that you and I and anyone that gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ will live with him forever and be rid of the of the decadence and, and, the, and the sinfulness of this life. Man, that's something to rejoice over. The joy of giving. Jesus was joyful in giving. I, I, I want to talk to you about not just giving. A, I want to talk to you about giving of your time, about giving of your talent. I, when Dave was here, he read in Matthew 25, and I love that passage of Scripture. But if you notice, when, when Jesus was saying, you know, when I was sick, you came to visit me. And when I was in prison, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a cup of water. Notice there's some, a similar vein through all of those things. They're all giving. Joyfully. Giving of your time, giving of your water, giving of your food, giving of your clothes. It's about giving. One of the things that, that we have to learn in our lives, in our, in our walk with Christ, is to develop an attitude of joyful giving. There is something about when we learn to give, when we learn to trust in the Lord, it transforms our life. Because if, we're, if we never learn to give, we're always worried about what we're going to do here. And we never learn to trust in the Lord. I, I told you a, a few weeks ago uh, on, a, on a different topic about giving a, a gentleman my last $5 once. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember it vividly. I'm going to share it again because... I love the story because I'm in it. No. But a, a gentleman came to the church and said, you know, I need, he needed some gas money. And I, I had $5. I, I was younger. I had $5. And I'm not saying I had $5 on me. I had $5. You say, well, what about your bank account? It had died of malnutrition. Uh, I had $5. There was not a 401 to go draw money up. I had $5. When I'm, am I getting the point across? I had 5 bucks. That was it. I was hanging out with my $5 because that's all I had. And I felt the Lord said, give it to him. And I said, no, Lord, can't do it. See, the Lord was teaching me how to give and how to be a generous giver. And, and I wrestled with it. And I finally gave the man the $5. Although I gave him a sermon, well, not a whole sermon, a sermonette. 
about you better make sure that this is really going for gas money because I have children to feed. So I gave him the $5. And I left and I walked into the church just like this and walked in, walked down to the front. And the presence of God hit me. And it was almost like the Lord was saying, good job. See, that's why I won't forget that. It's not about the $5. It's about the presence of God saying, hey, you did a good job today. You're learning to give joyfully. There's something about being a giver that just transforms your life. Jesus, in the passage of Scripture that we read, I want you to notice that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Now, the, the place where they would give money was in the, was in the courtyard of the women, and, and they had 12 hor- looked like horns set up, you know, the giant ram horns, and they would drop their money in them, and they were made out of brass, and so you could hear the money. And Jesus, notice there's something that Jesus does intentionally. Jesus intentionally sets and watches people. He finds a vantage point to watch people give. That lets me know that Jesus wants to know if we're givers. He watched them give. He watched every one of them come by and give their money. The reason why they, they gave, because in the, in the Old Testament, the temple was set up, and, and everybody in Israel, if you were an Israelite, everybody, the young and old, rich and poor, did not matter. They gave a tithe or a tenth to the temple, and it was to to make sure that the temple had everything it needed and it was to pay the Levites that, that were serving in the temple. Because if you remember when God gave Israel all their land and all the 12 tribes, Levites did not receive anything other than they were going to serve the Lord and everybody else gave a tenth and that was their portion. And what, what Jesus was doing was he's watching everybody come in and, and he was watching how they were giving. He was watching who gave and what they gave. Jesus did that intentionally because he wanted to make sure that everything was the way it should be. Jesus saw not only who gave. By the way, that that lets me know that Jesus is interested. And you say, well, Jesus is interested in me giving? Yes, he is. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. Jesus not only knew who gave, he knew what they gave. He knew what they gave. Scripture says that many rich people threw in large amounts. Now, you could probably tell if they were rich because they probably had uh, nice clothes on, but the one way you could tell, because if you ever dropped your coins on the floor and hear them go, you know, there's one, there's one missionary couple in Toulouse, France, and every time we go there, I don't know why, but every time I go there, I, I accidentally drop coins on their floor, and it's a hard floor, and you can hear it just reverberate throughout the house. If they were asleep, they weren't then. And I've done that like three times, and I don't know why I do that, but last time I just took my coins out and threw them on the floor. It's like, okay, I'm here. There I am. 
Well, that's one reason why you could tell that, that, these, that these, the rich were pouring in, because you could hear the coins just making a giant clatter uh, as, that was going in. And he knew that the rich gave a lot, but he also knew. But a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. The reason why Mark has to describe this, because this is a coin that was so small that, that they didn't even really use it. it well, the writer of uh, Luke says it's two mites, which make a farthing. A farthing is one sixty-fourth of a day's labor. You're literally talking pennies. So you have these rich guys coming in and, and they're pouring in a lot. And you have this poor widow that comes in and drops in two pennies. Probably didn't make a lot of sound. But you have to catch what Jesus says. He called his disciples and said, I tell you the truth, this poor woman has put in more of the treasury than all the others. You have to catch the picture. Here's Jesus, and he's standing over here. He's watching everybody give and, and how they're giving, and, and, you know, and whether it's uh, whether their pride in giving. Or, and then he sees this woman just drop two, point, uh, two pennies in, and he calls his disciples, and he said, Did you see that? Wow! Did you see how much she gave? It's amazing. And, they, and they, I'm sure they probably looked and said, well, I think there's others that might have given more, Jesus. I mean, do you need to go get your hearing checked? And, he, and Jesus says, she gave more than everybody put together. And you say, how could she give more when she only gave two pennies? Because Jesus goes on to say, this, you can't miss this. They all gave out of their wealth, out of their abundance, out of their overflow. See, they were taking care of their house. They were taking care of their family. They were taking care of their friends. They were taking care of their vacation. They were taking care of everything that they wanted. And then what was left over, they were bringing it to the Lord. But this woman, with two pennies, comes to the temple, obeying the law, and drops them in. And Jesus said, she gave more than everybody because they gave out of their abundance, and she gave out of her need. Everything she had, she put in. What does that tell you about the two, those that are giving out of the abundance? Where is their trust? Their trust was in what they'd earned, what they made, what they had. This woman, the reason why she gave more is because she was saying, Jesus, I, our God, I am all in. My faith, my confidence, my trust is in you, my God. See, she was trusting in the Lord for her provision. She didn't have anything to back herself up on. She looked and, and she said, I am going to trust in the Lord. See, and so you have to ask yourself, why did Jesus watch? And why does Jesus care who gives and how much gives and, and, and why we give? And, it, and it's simply this. Jesus wants to measure the heart and the emotive of the giver, not the amount. It's the heart that we give. 
It's the, it's the intentionality in which we give, whether it's our time, whether it's our finance, whether it's uh, our, whatever we may have. It's, it's if we're going to get involved in prison ministry, we're going to get involved in the fall festival. It, whatever it is, if you're giving of your time or your talent or your finance, Jesus is concerned with your motive and how you give. Jesus is looking for people that are like him, that have understood, that find the joy in giving. If you haven't ever experienced the joy of giving, you're missing out. There's something about going the extra mile, knowing that, that there are some other things that you could do, but you're spending time helping others. You're spending your talent blessing others. You're spending your finance supporting God and supporting his people and, and blessing those that are around us. It's, it, there's something about it that transforms lives. Sam and I were out and we ate uh, lunch the other day. It was a good lunch. It was a great lunch. And we had earned it because we were working hard. We had just loaded and unloaded and loaded a 26-foot truck in the heat. And we had to drive uphill both ways. I mean, it was rough. We were tired. We were hungry. And we ate. And when we got ready to leave, we had a, a bill for like $20, uh, $19.98. We decided to bless the, the waiter and we left a $20 tip. Just because we felt like, hey, let's do something today. Let's bless somebody. So we, we didn't think, we just walked out. And would you believe he, he ran out and grabbed and thanked us? He said, thank you, thank you so much. He may have needed that. I mean, I can lose $20 so fast. That's why I never carry cash, because I always lose it. I usually lose it to my grandkids. <laughs> I would say, why would you say that, Pastor? It's, it's about those times in life where the Lord says, give that person your last $5 or bless that person with a good tip or go mow your neighbor's yard. Whatever it may be, there's just something about those times when you learn to give and you experience the joy of giving, the joy of blessing somebody else that transforms your life. Jesus understands that giving is the conduit through which redemption flows. Jesus knew that if he did not give, you would not have redemption, you would not have salvation, and you would not have eternal life. But can I, can I encourage you, can I ask you, can I implore you to understand that if we as God's people don't become generous 
givers of our time and our talent and our resources, if we don't do that, we will never experience walking to be like Christ. It's a, it's a part of this, this sanctification process in our lives that we have to become cheerful, joyful givers. And the only way we can do that is when we truly understand that everything we have our, our time, our talent, our finance, our resource, everything belongs to God. As long as it's mine, I'll always struggle. And you say, well, well in church, you know, they say give, a, give 10% and then the 90% is yours. And that is not correct. We do give 10%, but do you realize that 90% still belongs to God? When was the last time you, you got paid and you said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? I mean, it's amazing. When, when's the last time you had a day off? You said, Lord, do you want, what do you want me to do with this day? Besides sleep in until 1230. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever slept into 1230. Not since I was 18, maybe. But can you imagine what it would be like if we got to that place where we started looking at it, that everything we have, our life, our, our, the gifts that God has given us, everything that we can do and have, that, that we begin to say, Lord, use us. Bless us. Touch us. Strengthen us. Malachi, Mal Malachi said this. I'm going to back up a little bit. He said, will a man rob God? Well, the man robbed God. And he said, yeah, you, you robbed me. God's saying, yeah, you robbed me. He, said, How do, he says, in your tithes and offerings. See, it's God's. We're God's. And everything we have is God's. And we as a church, as we learn to become joyful givers of everything that we have and everything that we are, God begins to pour out blessings upon us. This is what the scripture says. He said, bring the whole tithe, bring everything you have into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And he says, test me in this. Now, if, I don't know about you, but have you ever had your mom say, don't test me? Don't you test me? My mom used to love to say that. She's no longer alive, so I can talk about it all I want. Because <laughs> if she was alive, I'd say, I'm not talking about it. She may come in here and say, don't test me. Uh, he, this is the only time in Scripture where God says, test him. Do you realize that? Scripture says, don't test the Lord. And yet Jesus, the Lord is saying, here, test me. I dare you. A double dog dare you. Go ahead. Jesus says, test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not even have room for it. That is a promise from God. He said, go ahead, become a joyful giver and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing upon you that you won't have room for it. Now that, that is pretty cool. And then he goes on to say, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their... Uh, 
will not be able to cast the fruit, says the Lord Almighty. What he is saying is, everything that you do, I'm going to begin to bless it. I'm going to be, uh, bless your job. I'll bless your, I'll bless your business. I'll do, uh, I'll make sure that you have clients. I'll make sure you have work. I'll make sure that I take care of you because you've learned to give. Then all the nations will call you blessed. You know, there's a time in America that all the nations called America blessed because we are such a generous nation. We have blessed more nations in this world than you can ever imagine. If you want others to say, man, that's a blessed person, learn to be a joyful giver. Being a joyful giver means it's the Lord's and not ours. This is what Jesus said, and I'm going to close with this. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Don't you love that? See, Jesus uh, always talks about these, you know, in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, New Testament, they're always talking about the if-then. If you do this, then I'll do that. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you give, then it will be given back to you. Not just given back to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, have you ever, you ever, you ever, anybody ever bake? I love baking. Baking is a therapy. I can make a killer cherry pie. And if you're lucky, one day you might get to taste one of them. But when you're, when you're baking... Sometimes, you, you know, with the sugar, you, you know, you kind of like press it down, make it salt. You know, and that's what he's saying. He said, he said when you learn to, to give, he says, give, and, and I'll give you a good measure back, but I'm going to press it down. I'm going to shake it to make sure it levels. It's kind of like, like you get that box of cereal, and by the time it's all shaken, you open a brand new box, it's only half full. That's what Jesus is saying is, listen, if, if, when you give, this is how I'm going to give back. I'm going to push it in. I'm going to shake it. And, and, then, and then I'm going to keep pouring more on top. I'm going to keep pouring more on, t- on top till it just overflows and pours into your lap. That's pretty incredible. But look at the last line. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Can I ask you a question? Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask the praise team to come back. And then I'm going to have the uh, ushers come and we're going to give to Operation Christmas Child. What a great way to end this service. God, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? I couldn't have, I couldn't have timed that music any better. Here's the question. How big is the measuring cup that you're using? Because if I have a little bitty measuring cup and I'm giving a little measuring cup, the Lord's going to fill that little measuring cup up and shake it. And it's going to run over. But if I get a big measuring cup, the Lord's going to press that down. He's going to shake that one together and he's going to overflow that one. I want to challenge you today. Let's learn to be cheerful givers, joyful givers of our time, of our talent, of our resources, whatever it may be. Let's learn the beauty and the joy of giving. Because just as 
the Lord says, when you give, I'll give back. He's speaking to individuals, but he's also speaking to congregations and to churches. And I've been part of churches where, where God is starting to work and and he challenges us to learn to give. And he, and he challenges us to learn to give of our time and of our talent and of our resources. And when churches begin to do that and they say, this is the Lord's and something amazing happens, the windows of heaven open and God pours out his blessings on his people. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm after. That's what I really want. That's the, the joy. So I'm, I'm encouraging you today Let's become joyful givers. When God puts an opportunity in your life this week, and you say, how's he going to do that? Look for it. You'll find it. God is going to give each and every one of us an opportunity to be able to give. It may be your time. It may be your talent. It may be your finance. It may be your resource. It may be, it's going to be something. God is going to give you an opportunity to give. And when he does, Don't hang on to that $5. Let it go. Don't hang on to that hour of time. Let it go. And serve willingly, serve joyfully, and allow the blessings of the Lord to come your way.